Joel 2, 28 to 32. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the survivors whom the Lord calls. And Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 41. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Meds, or Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what has spoken, was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. 
Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will live in hope. Because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay, you have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptised, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, that we can, we can spend time worshipping you. And Lord, I pray that as we open up your word this morning, that you'll open my mouth, that I'll speak your words. And open our hearts, Lord, that we will learn from your, your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. When you hear the phrase, the Holy Spirit, what comes into your head? It might be Pentecost. Or another time when Jesus was baptised, the dove descended on, on him, uh, the spirit descended on him in the form of a dove. It might be something totally different. It might even be a bad experience that you've had in the past. But I'm sure that you know that the Holy Spirit is God, right? The Holy Spirit is not a thing but a person. The Holy Spirit has been called the forgotten God, but we should never think this way, ever. Now, the purpose of this message is to give you an insight into the who, what, how, and the why of the Holy Spirit. And hopefully you will know and experience the when in your lives. Now, before I go on, Sam was supposed to be speaking this message this morning, and he actually did the the, uh, the outline for me. Uh, we actually swapped weeks. Um, so, so thank you to Sam for doing the outline for me because he did a lot of research. It saved me a lot of time, but um, um, we'll see how we go. In Acts 2, we read that there was a rushing wind that filled the house and tongues of fire came and rested on them. Can you imagine what that would be like? 
I've got a bit of an understanding of what that would be like because I was involved in a musical that was written by Jimmy and Carol Owens called The Witness back in the late 70s, early 80s. And there's one scene there where the disciples are in the room and the sound of wind occurs like a blizzard's wind. Then the music starts. Dom, 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 dom. Very tense, very exciting. Dom, 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 dom. And the choir starts singing in that room upstairs where we met to pray. And it all began. I'll never forget the day the fire fell, the spirit came, and nothing will ever be the same. Then the narrator says, it was a day of Pentecost and God poured out his power on his baby church. We who had denied Jesus ran out onto the streets like drunken men, shouting the mighty works of God. There were Jews that day from every country under heaven and every man heard the praises of God in his own language. The prophecy of Joel that was given hundreds of years before was being fulfilled right before our eyes. And the choir sings, your sons and daughters are prophesying in the streets. Get ready. Your young are seeing visions and your old are dreaming dreams. Get ready. This is the beginning of the ending, the day before the day of the Lord. Get ready for the day that God is sending when the sun has gone and the moon will turn to blood. Hear the spirit shouting good news from heaven today. Get ready. He's reaching out to rescue all who call upon his name. Get ready. This is the beginning of beginnings, the day that brings the mercy of God. Get ready for the grace the Lord is sending while he offers you salvation through his blood. For God has sent a mighty man among you to save you from the judgment with his blood. And this same Jesus who was crucified, he is risen, he is Lord, he is Christ. Then the narrator says the same Jesus who was crucified is still both Lord and Christ, Messiah, and there is salvation in no one else. So repent and return to God so he can cleanse away your sins. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. He who has the son has this life, and he who does not have the son does not have this life. So confess him as Christ and Lord of your life. Be born again and receive that life from him. All this occurred 50 days after Passover. Here's a question for you. Why was the Holy Spirit given? Firstly, the Holy Spirit was promised by Jesus. If you look at Acts 1, 1 to 9, we read, okay, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? 
He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. The second reason the Spirit was given was the effect that the Spirit had on their lives transforms frightened disciples who didn't want to see anybody into witnesses, which is what we heard last week in Dave's message. Now, I forgot to tell you that there are a lot of passages in this particular message and I don't expect you to look them all up. But if you want to make notes, just make note of the reference and look them up when you get home. Otherwise, you'll be running all over the Bible trying to find and trying to keep up. So who is the Holy Spirit? Well, obviously, the Holy Spirit is the, is the third person of the Trinity. And the use of personal pronouns, he, not it, implies personhood. Now, a person can be grieved. In Isaiah 63.10, we read, but they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he turned to be their enemy and himself fought against them. And in Ephesians 4.30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Here's a thought. Have you ever tried to upset or grieve an object? There is no way that you get a response, emotional or otherwise, from an object. But you'll get a response from a person. The Holy Spirit is equal with God. When we baptise people, we say, and I baptise you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was equated to God. In Acts 5, 3 and 4, we read, But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? You have not lied to man, but to God. And in 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Do you know there's the Holy Spirit actually participated in creation? Do you remember what God said before he created the earth? Let us. So there's more than just one person. The Holy Spirit is attributed the characteristics of God. For example, um, omniscience is a big word. That means all-knowing. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 11, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit was active in the Old Testament. 
before the creation of the world, the earth was a shapeless, chaotic mass with the spirit of God brooding over the dark vapours. So now we know who the Holy Spirit is. What does the Holy Spirit do? The list is endless, but I've come up with, with, uh, with the help of Sam, 22 things that the Holy Spirit does. He empowers people for specific tasks. If you think back to uh, the story of Moses, when he, went to, um, when he went to talk to Pharaoh, he said to God, I can't speak. But God empowered, or the Holy Spirit empowered Moses as he confronted Pharaoh. Men in Exodus were filled with artistic skills and craftsmanship to construct the, uh, the priestly garments for Aaron and his sons and the utensils of the tabernacle. In Exodus 31.3, we read, And I have filled him with the Spirit of God with, and with the ability and intelligence with knowledge and all craftsmanship. Moses needed help with his leadership and the Holy Spirit raised up men to, to share the leadership with Moses in Numbers 11.17 and Joshua in Numbers 27.18. The Holy Spirit prophesies. So the prophets were filled with the Spirit. Judges, kings and priests filled with the Spirit to fulfil their ministry. The Holy Spirit was predicted to bring abundant future blessing and renewal. Now, this is not to be confused with, um, with the prosperity ministry. Isaiah 32, 14 to 17 says, For the palace is forsaken, the populous city deserted. The hill and the watchtower will become dens forever. A joy of wild donkeys, a pasture of flocks, until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high. And the wilderness becomes a fruitful field. And the fruitful field is deemed a forest. Then justice will dwell in the wilderness and righteousness abide in the fruitful field. And the effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. Then in Isaiah 44, 3, it says, For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the, great, on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Still with me? We're only up to number seven. The Holy Spirit will be, will be present with his people after Jesus' departure and enable them to live as his people. The Holy Spirit was promised by Jesus the Holy Spirit baptizes believers into the body of Christ, creating the church. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. The Holy Spirit creates unity in the church. Ephesians 2, 22. In him, you're also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives revelation. He speaks and he makes God known. He inspires the writing of God's word. 
Ephesians 1:17 that the Lord God of our Lord Jesus that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. And then in 1 Corinthians 2:12 now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Prophecies. Acts, two, Acts 21, 11. And coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, this is how the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. The Holy Spirit gives inspiration of Scripture. 2 Peter 1.21, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. John 14.16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. John 14.26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. John 15, 26, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Then in Romans 8, 26, likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we, don't, we do not know what to pray for as we... We do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I've always wondered how we know what to pray. Some people just know how to pray the exact prayer that you know was needed at that particular time. And the Holy Spirit just leads that person. The Holy Spirit directs. Acts 1-2 until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Have you ever been in a situation where you've been asked a question and you go, I don't know how to answer that, and all of a sudden you get an answer? The Holy Spirit gives you boldness. Very similar to what Peter's experienced in Acts 4, verse 8. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders. Peter acts with new boldness. In Acts 4, 31, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Do you find that encouraging? The Spirit gives you the words to say at the right time. The Spirit also gives joy, hope, love, comfort experienced through the Holy Spirit. Romans 5.5, 5, 
And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Romans 14, 17, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Acts 9.31 So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray. Romans 8.27 And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Romans 8.26 Likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Jude 20 but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. We're nearly there. We're up to number 18. The Holy Spirit distributes gifts of the Spirit for building up of the church. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And in 1 Corinthians 14, 12, So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in the building up in, in building up the church. Hebrews 2, 4. While God, also bore witness with, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. The Holy Spirit creates, creates fruitfulness for Christian character. Galatians 5, 22, 23. We all know that verse. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. The Holy Spirit strengthens Ephesians 3.16 that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. The Holy Spirit enables worship. Philippians 3.3 For we are the circumcision who worship by the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. And lastly, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. John 16, 7 to 11. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. 
It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin. Because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. So we've heard the who is the Holy Spirit and what does the Holy Spirit do? How does the Holy Spirit work? The Holy Spirit is a gift given to all believers. Acts 2.38 And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptised every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the, for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10.45 And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. 1 John 3.24 Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. The Holy Spirit indwells believers. 1 Corinthians 6.19 Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Romans 8.11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who, in, who dwells in you. 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? 2 Timothy 1.14, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Do you get the message? The Holy Spirit brings about salvation, regeneration, justification and sanctification. Titus 3.5, he has saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Romans 15.16, to be a minister of Christ, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.13 For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, you live, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And 1 Corinthians 6.11 says, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. And then, then uh, 2 Thessalonians 
for we always ought to give thanks to God for you, brothers beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as a first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. The Holy Spirit adopts us. Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. <clears throat> Romans eight sixteen, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. That's an awesome thought, to be a child of the King, to be a child of God. There are some people that don't realise that they've been adopted by God and they're just as worthless as what they were before they became a Christian. But when they, when they, when they find out that they are adopted, their lives are changed. The Holy Spirit seals believers guarantees their full redemption. Ephesians 1.13 In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And 2 Corinthians 1.22 And who has put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee? It's like the kings of old used to send out messages and they put their, their ring into, um, into wax and they would seal it. We've been sealed by the Holy Spirit as children of God. Who feels full? We've learned today of who the Holy Spirit is. We've learned today what the Holy Spirit does. We've learnt today how the Holy Spirit works and we've learnt today why the Holy Spirit was given. So let us go out today with the help of the Holy Spirit and as the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 12, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Let's pray. Lord, we've had so much information given us this morning about how the Holy Spirit works in our lives and um, we're amazed. We're full. Thank you, Lord, for sending your Spirit in our lives. Help us to run the race that is set before us. Help us to look to you, the founder and perfecter of our faith. In Jesus' name. Amen.